Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside of me, my partner on the airways, as always, Sarah Jones. And if you've been listening for any amount of time, y'all know we got to check in with where in the world, or at least where in the States, is Sarah Jones RV in? <laughs> well, hello, Nino. Hey, everyone. Um, I am in Branson, Missouri this week. Branson, Missouri. Missouri. Mm-hmm. Is that is, Missouri? Is that, is that how the locals say it? It is how they say it, and when you don't say it that way, they definitely know that you are not from here. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny to me. I've always wondered why, in places like Missouri or Missouri <laughs> and New Orleans or New Orleans, why don't we just say it the way that the the um, locals say it? If they say Missouri. Let's say Missouri. If they say New Orleans, say New Orleans. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why we don't do that. Uh, I have tried and I fumble. So then it's really obvious that I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not. <laughs> and so <laughs> generally I just stick with what I know and what I feel really good with because sometimes me and talking out in public is challenging. So... Um, I'll just stick with what I know and what I feel good with. And, um, another little side note, what I've learned in the South is, um, where I'm from, my husband, and I like to go grab a couple of drinks, you know, at a bar, even at a restaurant. And, um, where I'm from, it's called well, like the alcohol is the well, like well whiskey or well vodka. Um, mm-hmm. in the South it's house. Okay. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. So the new, uh, learned something new on my travels as well. So now I, when I'm in the South, I ask for the, 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 the house, um, instead of the well and, um, (laughs) just those little things that we learn when we're traveling. The million dollar question is, is it a grocery bag or a sack? Now that's (laughs) the million dollar question. Well, we shop a lot at Costco now. I'll say that I may at maybe I shouldn't say that. I'll sh- we shop at the some some warehouse stores and they offer boxes. So that's generally what. Do you want a box or no box? Okay. All right. This episode of the New Money Habits podcast is not brought to you in part by Costco. <laughs> right. Anyhow. Right. Hmm. Too funny. All right. Well, as yeah. somebody who has a last name that everybody likes to, to pronounce the way they want to pronounce it, I'm a little sensitive to, you know, mm-hmm. I'll call Missouri, Missouri, and I'll call New Orleans, New Orleans, because uh, with a last name like Villa, but spelled like Via and being here in Arizona, everybody's all like, oh, Via. And I'm like, no, it's Villa. And they're like, it's Via. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know how to pronounce my own last name. Thank you. <laughs> right. So, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, right. Yeah. It is. So I'm going to give it to the, to the locals and whatever they want me to call the, you know, the state or city that they live in, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what do we got on tap today, Sarah? We're going to talk about the six money traps you need to avoid. Mm. So 
There's probably more than six, but people love these listicles. I just learned that word, by the way, listicles. That's what these are is when you have like a blog post or something that uh, lists out by number the things you need to know or do or yeah, they're called listicles. So we got our own. That's a real word. <laughs> yeah. Apparently in the marketing sphere of things, listicles. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I've left Sarah speechless and we've totally gotten off topic already. We're not even five minutes into this episode and we have it like we've lost everybody. And I won't even, I, I won't even say what I won't even, I have nothing. I, I have something, but I'm not going to say it because it would not be appropriate. But This uh, is a family a show. <laughs> so. So I am, I'm learning to think before I speak. And so this is one of those cases that I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, really um, lean into that and say, I learned a new word today. There you go. Hmm. All right. Well, now that I've completely de derailed <laughs> us, the idea is we want to share some money traps with you that we think you ought to avoid. Um, and like Sarah and I normally do, we have um, complementary but sometimes opposing viewpoints. Mm. And so we'll see if we agree on all six of these or if we <laughs> see things a little bit differently. Mm. We shall see. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. All right. Well, let's start off with a money trap that I think we both can agree on. And I think it's wildly... Um, kind of commonplace or it, it, this one might be obvious, but it's worth talking about. And one of the money traps that you need to avoid are these payday loan, title mm -hmm. loan, cash, cash advance type places. Can we agree on that one, Sarah? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I'm not one to say, please don't do, you know, don't do this or don't do that. I generally like to not, you know, use those words, but this is a case that I'm going to say, please don't. Um, just please, please don't do a payday loan or a title loan or cash advances. Um, money, money, Nino, I think that these are money. This is a money trap because, um, Number one, interest rates are incredibly high. Yeah. Um, and that just, that makes for repayment really difficult when you're already in a tough spot, right? Because people don't get these when they're, when everything's going okay, right? Generally, they're, they're fairly easy to get. Um, I believe that they're predatory. Um, and I'm glad you criminal. used that word. I, I, I would, I, I say that these really should be illegal in all sense, um, because I, I just, I just need to take a breath and actually, and bring the energy a little bit different because I, I have several clients and have worked with many people that have gotten sucked into these thinking that they just needed a little bit of help for a short period of time. And what happened was, is it was incredibly difficult difficult to get them paid off and to get caught back up. Right. And to feel like, um, every single person that I know that has been subject or, you know, has, has taken advantage of these, um, has felt really terrible about that decision. 
Um, I've never met a single person that was happy that they did it. And so um, I say they're predatory interest rates. Yeah. Outrageous. Um, sorry, go ahead. I know that this is um, something that, that weighs on you too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I share in your emotion about it because it, it does feel like, it, like we said, Oh, the six money traps, you know, to avoid, but this is a trap. And, um, as somebody who has fallen victim to that trap, it was, mm. you know, back in, I mean, thankfully it was 15 plus years ago, but I remember relocating from Las Vegas to Phoenix and kind of getting behind on things and turned to a payday loan. And you're right. I mean, you talk about like thinking that it's short term. And mm. I remember being trapped I don't know, somewhere between six and eight months before I felt like I could finally get out from underneath it. Because the moment you pay it off, you realize, oh, well, that was my entire paycheck. So I got to take it mm -hmm. back out again. And it's just this vicious cycle. And to your point, interest rates, you know, think about this for just a moment. If you take out, I'll keep the numbers small, but just to drive home my point, but let's say you borrow $200. And they're like, hey, for $200, we're only going to charge you 50 bucks. <laughs> okay, well, that was like 25% interest. And mm -hmm. if you're doing it for like one week, and then you do it again for the next week, and you do that four times in a month, now mm -hmm. for the $200 that you borrowed, you just paid $200 in interest. And so when we say the interest rate is incredibly high, we're not talking like, 20 to 25 percent we're mm -hmm. talking about 100 percent or more mm -hmm. and that's why it, it's so hard to get out of it and so um you know not only should you avoid it i think it'd be great if we had some ideas around what could you do instead mm -hmm. when you find yourself in one of those tough places absolutely and i want to just add a real quick point that I know with a couple of the, the people, a couple of the clients that I've worked with that have fallen into these, right, and used them, that they were in such a spot that when they went this route, um, quite frankly, they weren't, and I, I hate to say it, but they weren't necessarily paying attention to all of that. It felt because they were so consumed with what they were trying to take care of on the home front that they weren't necessarily looking at the interest rates or the payback, right? Oh, every two weeks I need to make a payment. Okay, I, I, I can handle that because I just need to get out of this little bit of a rut, right? I just, I've got a little bit of a hole. And, and so I think sometimes, you know, I just wanted to add this in that when, in my experience, when people have gone in to use these, it's that they weren't necessarily focused on all that fine print, you know, and I'll call it the fine print, you mm -hmm. know, because they're really focused on how much money can I get out because I need this right away. Um, I have a client that actually paid me, l went and was so ashamed that, um, this particular person could not, didn't feel like they could afford to pay in full for working with me. They actually went and did a payday loan or, uh, um, a cash loan mm -hmm. in advance to pay for my services. And, um, that has hit me 
in a whole different light. And I've, we, I've worked with this client for um, going on almost a year now. So we're, we're way past that. But um, shame was the driving factor. Didn't want to feel like they couldn't um, pay up front. They didn't want to take advantage of, you know, monthly options, you know, for payment. Didn't want to even have the conversation with me and so chose to go this route and took a couple of months before they shared that with me. Um, and then we've since had conversations of what were the alternatives, right? And so getting back to your question, you know, what can people do? Uh, I think every situation is a little bit different. Um, but I would say most often in my experience, the thing that you're trying to pay for with these title loans, you know, payday loans, cash advances, um, that thing can either wait or we can communicate with that other entity, right? And have a conversation, number one, and say, listen, this is where I'm at. Can I make payment arrangements with you? Or I will pay $50 next week, right? It's, it's really about making the communication and opening up communication to see yep. what are your options. I think so many, so much of the time people default to, I want to take this get it taken care of because I don't have a way to pay it. That's the first thing that goes through our heads is I don't have a way to pay this. So let me go, go take out a loan so I can pay them, not realizing that they're using debt to try and take care of another debt. And, and let's face it, that doesn't get us where we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really uh, appreciate that you brought up like the communication aspect of this, right? So if you're about to, you know, if you're in a position where you can't pay rent, Let's talk to the landlord. If you can't make your car payment, call the finance company. So mm -hmm. often, you know, um, the act of communicating is such a good faith effort that um, that people and organizations are then trying, you know, willing to work mm -hmm. with you. So, you know, I don't know how many people know that, like with an installment loan, like a car loan, so often they can defer your next month's payment to the end of the, the loan. And it's mm -hmm. not going to affect your credit or anything like that. But just by communicating them and com communicating and saying, hey, you know what? I've fallen on a hardship this particular month. Is there any way that we can take this month's payment, put it at the end of the loan, you know, mm -hmm. there, thereby, you know, foregoing this month's payment to kind of give yourself some breathing room. And that's mm -hmm. just one of the things that you can do. The other thing is if you find yourself in this type of position, in addition to, um, communicating with your creditors about finding a different type of arrangement, whether that's putting the payment at the end of the loan or doing some other type of payment arrangement, whatever that might look like, it might also be time to do a little hustling, whether that's mm -hmm. picking up some type of side hustle just for you know the short term so that you can make some extra money to kind of get back mm -hmm. ahead, whether that's going around your house and finding a bunch of stuff that you can sell on the weekend to, to make a little bit of extra money. But, you know, I think mm -hmm. so often we want to eat our cake and have it too. I realized mm -hmm. that I used to say that wrong. I used to say it backwards, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. We want to eat our cake and have it too. Well, after you've consumed your cake, it's gone. You can't have it too. And so we want to, you know, be able to pay our bills, but we don't have the money. So we turn to these disgustingly should be, and in some cases are illegal 
methods of loan sharking basically mm-hmm. is is what a payday loan ends up being. Um, I know here in Arizona, they have done away with the payday loan. Uh, they still have things like title loans and other like cash advance things that are not quote payday loans, but all of these things <laughs> right. are just a big, big trap. Yeah, I agree. And, and, um, you know, I appreciate that you said that about, um, you know, just selling some stuff, right? Picking up cans alongside the road. It's not glamorous, but you know, if it means that you can make, um, a payment on something or you can contribute a little bit, right? Versus, um, I, I have a client that, um, interest was upwards of 200% on one of these cash advance loans, 200%. Um, so when we say that there are other options, you know, sometimes this isn't a, um, a real popular opinion, but you know what, sometimes to make a late payment on a credit card and be charged a $35 late payment fee could be better than 200% interest on a loan, right? And I'm not suggesting that I want people to go and not make payments, right? And be late, but we have to weigh all of the options, right? And we really have to look at what can I do? You know, do I definitely calling the credit card companies, definitely calling, you know, the car loan, you know, your loan servicer talking to your landlord, but sometimes if they want to impose a late fee, okay, that's could very well be um, less catastrophic in the long run to pay that late fee than it would be to do a title loan or a cash advance or a payday loan, right? But I think the big thing you said there too, you know, communication. These places, nobody can help you if they don't know what's going on. They're not going to be able to say, you know what, hey, Sarah's having a hard time this month. We haven't received a payment. So we're going to assume that things are tough and we're just going to go ahead and do this for her. They can't say that. They don't know what's going on unless I pick up the phone and I call and say, listen, this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm working on. This is my good faith. You know, I can, you know, I think sometimes what people don't, and sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole and this is all over the place today. So I apologize to the listeners and, I think because this is a very emotional topic for me um, because I've seen how it's just taken away people's livelihoods. Mm-hmm. Um, it's created a sense of um, lack of self-worth, um, shame and embarrassment. And I never want people to experience that in life. Um, and so um, I think I'm, I'm bringing all of these past emotions. It's really affecting me when we talk about this. So, um, let me just take a deep breath here and change my energy around this, um, this topic for one second, if you'll humor me with that. Um, of course, I think while you're, while you're doing that, you know, as I said a moment ago too, it is incredibly, um, emotionally driven, right? I mean, personal finances, are wildly personal. And, and when we feel like maybe we've mismanaged our money, um, and, and we have to turn to these less than ideal, um, solutions, you know, like you said, shame can kind of creep in. We can start to feel less than, you know, um, but 
I think part of that is, and this is the other part of that emotion, is these organizations that make these loans know that. Mm. And that's why the word predatory mm-hmm. is so appropriate. It takes a certain kind of slime to be like, oh, you're already down? Let me make your situation even more difficult mm. by pretending like I'm helping you when we know that's not what's happening. Like, it, it's not helpful. It's it, it causes a lot more distress and harm. And so I think it's appropriate and it's um, completely reasonable that you'd be emotional about it. Well, I appreciate that validation because, uh, you know, I've experienced it. I haven't personally used them, but I've seen some other people in my family and in my life, you know, that I was close to. I, I saw that happen. And then just with clients, you know, people that I've worked with. Um, so that's why I say, um, if I can tell you to please don't do it, this is one of those areas that I'm pretty strong and firm in that please don't. Um, if you want to brainstorm some other ideas, um, I'll just throw out, pick up the phone, send an email, you know, we'll, we'll brainstorm some other ideas to help you through your situation versus turning to one of these, um, payday loans, title loans, um, cash advances. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about another one. That's probably pretty obvious money trap to avoid. Um, but there's sometimes uh, people try to make a, a, a good argument for this one. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about timeshares. And oh. why should we avoid these <laughs> bad boys? Oh, the infamous timeshares. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I've definitely been to a couple of those uh, timeshare speeches or sales calls, presentations that... Um, frankly feel um like you can't get out there you you can't get out of them with saying no you know they they will not allow you to get out of those types of situations without a, a commitment from you and uh james and i have i'm gonna say we almost fell victim but i'm not gonna i'm gonna change my wording we almost did it a couple of them thinking oh this is a great way this we could vacation and save some money Hmm. Oh, those days. Um, I'll, I'll call myself maybe a little bit wiser with how I want to use my money, and a timeshare is not one of them. Um, I have since discovered that we can travel and not pay all of those timeshare fees um, and have more flexibility um, and change our mind when we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think timeshares, you know, and... I think this falls into kind of playing on people's wanting to travel, but not feeling like they can afford it. And so the timeshare companies kind of play into that as well, right? They know that people want to travel. And so they make these look really, really good, right? They make these packages look really sexy to people and really affordable. And Hey, you can take your family and bring your friends and, you know, no blackout dates. And they make it feel like, boy, we can travel and it's going to save us some money and we can go here and it, we only have to pay a little bit. You know, it's only 150 a month. It's only 200. 
And Nino, um, I think that they're using our emotions too, right? To sell us mm -hmm. something and they're making a lot of money off of these um, and people get stuck with them because yep. it's very difficult to get out of them. Yes. So um, I have, I've never fallen victim, I will use that word, to one <laughs> of these uh, sales pitches because I, I just say no to like even the offer like, oh, but we'll give you a free show, a free dinner, or this and that. You got to remember, I lived in Las Vegas for three and a half years. I've mm. heard plenty of, we'll give you a free show, we'll give you a free dinner, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I, I have a lot of fun um, just giving even the people who are trying to schedule you for the timeshare presentation, just a world of hurt. Like, <laughs> like this is your chosen profession. You do this on purpose. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Like you feel good about what you do. You feel good about pressuring people and making them feel bad about themselves. How does it feel right now that I'm doing it to you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know that I've ever gone that far, but you know, like just mm -hmm. a little bit of good, like really like, no, not interested at all in all of your games and schemes and blah, blah. Anyway, so one of the things that I've always just thought about in this realm, and this this might be a wild, wild idea, but if, if you're even considering a timeshare, if you're like, I want to be able to go somewhere and kind of vacation and, and do, do all the things that the timeshare kind of promises you, then mm -hmm. go find three or four of your closest friends and y'all go like a quarter in on a house in a place that you want to go and you create your own timeshare. And then when you're not using it, when you and your friends are not using it, you list it on Airbnb and Verbo and you actually have like, I don't know, a revenue generating <laughs> asset instead. So instead of paying for somebody else's timeshare, create your own. Go and find a piece of property in a place, you know, I'm here in the uh, central part of Arizona and there are beautiful places up north. And so my friends and I have all looked in on a place and we're like, hey, what if we just kind of timeshared ourselves? Like we all like the idea of going up to Flagstaff, but we're not going to do it more than once or twice a year. Um, so getting a house up there for ourselves seems really ridiculous. What if we just kind of split it? You split it six ways. You kind of communicate with one another when you're going to be up there. Mm -hmm. And then when you're, nobody's up there, you put it on Airbnb, you put it on Verbo, you let other people pay your mortgage payment, and now you have an asset instead of a liability. I don't know. It's crazy, but just... What kind of talk is that? What? Why on <laughs> earth would we suggest... You know, and what I... I love that idea. I also suggest to people that are looking at these timeshares, quite honestly... What they told you how much you were going to have to pay per month, right? To pay this off. Put that money into even a savings account. Put it into a high yield savings account each month. Mm -hmm. Put build in the habit, <clears throat> build in the habit of saving that money, right? You're not making the payment to somebody else. You're paying yourself. You're just moving it into, you know, even another account. It's not as, um, income producing as you know going in with some friends but yeah. you're building the habit to put this money aside and i'll even take it a step further that if you really enjoy traveling you know this is something it's one of your values you're really making memories you're creating impact in your life you're investing in who you are and you know maybe you're investing in your relationship right with your spouse or your kids you know this is something that traveling really 
hits home for you? Might you want to choose where it is that you want to go and not have to stay in a specific location that the timeshare is? Yeah. I mean, just think about it, guys. You know, a funny quick story. We were doing some shopping the other day, walked into a store, James and I did, and immediately somebody comes up and says, oh, do you guys like to vacation? And we're like, well, as a matter, like, we travel quite a bit, right? Like, this isn't vacation, but we travel quite a bit. And they, and, uh, they said, oh, you know, um, how long do you go for? And I said, well, we're full-time RVers. Um, and this lady says, oh, do you guys ever like to, you know, get out and go to a hotel or stay in a, in a, you know, nice place? And I said, why? Why? We could go anywhere we wanted. Why would I pick a specific location? Because I saw her little sign. And she, she kind of looks, she goes, oh, well, all right. Have a nice day. Like, she had no, no, no rebuttal for that. She didn't know what to say. Um, you know, I think everybody has the ability to put the money aside and save for these vacations and save for these getaways. And you get to choose where it is that you want to go. You're not bound by anybody else telling you, oh, no, it's already booked that week. No, you can't go there this, this holiday. Nope, we only have a place in this location. So I know you wanted to go here, but we don't have... Why do that to yourself? You're really putting a limit on on your travel at that point instead of you being in control of where you want to go. Um, so I say take back that control. Take back that choice. Put the money aside so you can go where you re you're feeling it, right? Where you really want to. Yep, yep. I, I like that there was something about what you just said that... I don't want our listeners to miss. And I really like the idea of build in the habit. Mm -hmm. If you think that you can afford whatever the timeshare price is every month, then just build in the habit of saving that money yourself and then using that money to travel wherever you want to take the family. Mm -hmm. Right. I think part of the other part of this whole timeshare thing is they make it sound so attractive and it's, Oh, well I'm, I'm just going to kind of commit myself to it and I'm going to just kind of spend this money and you didn't take any time to plan for it. You didn't take any time to build a new habit around mm. saving for vacationing. You just kind of committed to something. And then, you know, depending on where it is too, like the travel to get to that place mm -hmm. is still going to cost you something. So I like the idea of like build in a habit here. You want a vacation? Vacationing is part of your values. That's something you want to be part of your budget. We're not going to tell you not to put it in there. I'm just asking you to have a plan and right. put it in there and, and kind of say, I'm earmarking this many dollars every single month for our annual family vacation or our every other year family vacation, whatever that is, you know, depending on I work with a lot of clients in the state of Florida, but a lot of them live down in the southern part of the state. So Miami, Fort Lauderdale, that mm. sort of area. And almost every single one of them is like, yeah, but we have to put in the budget the <laughs> the Disney World passes. Right? Mm. So even though Orlando is a nice three-hour drive away, it's like, no, no, no. Like This is part of what we do <laughs> is mm. we, we go there at least once a year, if not two, three, four times a year mm -hmm. because we're so close. Mm -hmm. So we build it in. Right. 
Um, I have a client that goes to Disney. She happens to live in California and has a pass. She goes several times a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Several times a week. Um, but that's important to her and there's a reason behind it. Right. And, and even when her budget was tight, it was still an important piece for her. And I don't want to go into a whole lot of that today, but we built it into her budget because it was yeah. part of her value system. Right. Yeah. And it was, and I think with the timeshares, you know, I've got some friends that have had a timeshare for many, many, many years. And, um, I, I only hear all the, the hassles that they're going through long after it's been paid for, there are still fees, right? I think timeshare companies make it sound like, Oh, you just pay this. And once it's paid off, you're done. There are still maintenance fees. There are still yearly fees that, that in my experience that you still pay. Um, and they're still getting after having these for over 25 and I think upwards of 30 years. I've got some friends that have had a timeshare for over 30 years feeling like they get the runaround and the hassle. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I just say, let's not there build the habit into vacation where you really want to go. Yeah. And a a fun story that you got me thinking about with, uh, with, um, your client who goes multiple times a week, here's Mm -hmm. a fun little hack for you. Mm -hmm. If you live by one of these places, I knew a gentleman who lived in the Orlando area. He had a job at Disney where I I don't remember how often he had to show up, but it was not often. I don't even think he was working once a week. Maybe he was working once a month just so that he could get the employee discount on on <laughs> annual memberships and whatnot. So, you know, there's a there's a little budget hack for to make things more affordable. If you live nearby, go be, you know, Mickey or Goofy or you know, just walk around in one of the costumes for one day, once a month for, you know, eight hours mm-hmm. and uh, and get a, a killer discount to boot. So <laughs> right. there you go. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.